It has been a crazy year plus for educators and students alike, as teaching online has come front and center for elementary, secondary, and higher education officials worldwide. Has this move in the heart of a global pandemic been an important tool or an overhyped burden? A pivot from the normal podcast with a discussion on teaching online on That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DiMatato. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to That's It, That's All with me, Sean Gumatautau. The podcast is brought to you by our friends at Get LLC. This consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm in Guam serves both public and private sector organizations in Micronesia and the Western Pacific. Need support on writing that small business safety plan? Want an LED lighting solution for your facility? Find the answer to these questions and more by reaching them with a click of your mouse. They are on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. Check them out right now. The response to the podcast continues to be encouraging from Brooklyn, New York, including a special hello to our listeners north via the I-87 in Albany, New York, to Garland, Texas, to Walnut Creek, California. The listenership is growing with each and every episode. The podcast is cherry, right? Your drive or road trip has a friendly and familiar voice in mind to keep you company. Also, we are super appreciative of the input that is making the podcast better and better with each and every episode. Thanks to our friends at redcircle.com in getting the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Pandora, and Amazon Music. The podcast can be found on the iHeartRadio app, and very soon, That's It, That's All, will be making its way to the KUAM Podcast Network. Yes, in Guam and some quality feature podcasts in the U.S. territory to expand the reach of what is happening in this part of the world and bringing those messages to people everywhere. Like, subscribe, or follow the podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, Many are doing it, and we appreciate the input and support. Click those buttons right now. As part of my continuing education as a college instructor, I started the core course to becoming a certified online instructor. For higher education folks, this type of curriculum is certainly not new. As part of the course, we were asked to read a great book by author and longtime online instructor William A. Draves entitled Advanced Teaching Online. The 2013 book kept me company on my recent travel from the U.S. mainland back to Guam. From San Francisco to Narita, Japan, the Draves book sucked me in as snug to the topic as the seatbelt kept me in my seat. I will say it was a fascinating read that when I landed some 10 hours later, I am a slow reader by the way, had me thinking about how I can best serve the college students I instruct and using the online environment to complement their learning at our region's Center for Education Excellence. I enjoyed the book immensely. The Draves book did have some unique reviews all over the interweb. Let me share a couple of those gratuitous plugs right now, good and bad. One person said Draves, quote, dude has no clue, close quote. Another, quote, older text with some useful suggestions to follow if planning to implement online learning courses. Close quote. 
Another review. Quote, great book. It was a great guide to learning how to develop an online class. I would recommend it to anyone taking an online teaching class. Close quote. One more quote. This book was very good. It provides an excellent overview of what is needed for developing an online class. Close quote. Despite the reviews, the Draves book opened my eyes to taking care of the learning needs of students today. Now, I have only been a university instructor for eight years. I have enjoyed each and every lecture and the face-to-face engagement with the college students on our Western Pacific campus in that time. Online teaching came my way via emergency remote teaching as the pandemic changed the complexion of instruction everywhere. I have been in this particular mode for about a year now. While it seems appropriate for preventing the spread of COVID-19 today, this method of instruction is surely not new. An educator for longer than I have been alive, Draves has written a number of books and articles on this important topic. One article in particular started with this, quote, In the 21st century, online learning will constitute 50% of all learning and education. The rapid rise of learning on the internet will occur not because it is more convenient, cheaper, or faster, but because cognitive learning on the internet is better than learning in person. Close quote. In a June 22, 2021 article online by Rhea Kelly of CampusTechnology.com, Kelly cited a recent survey that asked higher education leaders if the pivot to remote learning during the COVID-19 pandemic changed their institution's priorities. The majority, or 53% of those surveyed, said yes. This is telling, as the course I took was surely our university response to the changing times in the face of a global pandemic. Most, if not all, courses went online. There was plenty of training on our learning management system. Folks were exploring programs like Skype and Zoom. Anxiety to deliver a quality education to our students seemed very high. Everyone on our campus wanted to be sure our courses were accessible for all students. Training was a high priority for my college dean. I spent many discussions with colleagues in pushing university officials to keep our technical folks a priority and be sure the tools and infrastructure remained a top priority too. And collectively, the University of Guam worked diligently to expand online student services to retain our students and not lose them. CEO of Cloud for Good, Tal Frankfurt wrote in Forbes magazine back on May 8, 2020, had a different perspective than our collective one, noting, quote, if this global pandemic has taught us anything, it's that the importance of online flexibility is absolutely critical for the sustainment of education and overall well-being. We should all take this time to assess our institutions, our organizations, and our online habits in an effort to better prepare for such historic upheaval. Opening our minds while our doors remain closed just might put us all in a better position to succeed and educate once normalcy returns. Close quote. These random thoughts and concerns bring me to a central thought. With the complexity of an emerging situation like a pandemic, 
we must respond in a way that was not how we dealt with emergencies or crises like we used to, sustaining our lives in the case of learning the sustaining of education should always keep us preparing for such events and remain vigilant in the face of changing times. The changing times should bring with it a changing of attitude. New normals may come from these events, but they should not bring discouragement, but encouragement for what the times will be now and in the near future. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. In Chapter 4 of his book, Advanced Online Teaching, William Draves noted that students who were born in 1980 and later have more online learning attributes than those born before 1965. Draves wrote that this fact does not mean the students will do better learning online or that older students can't learn online. Those millennials will surely be better equipped with the skills to learn online. According to Draves, quote, those born after 2000 already have these aptitudes built into their systems. For those of us who spent most of our lives in the last century, we will want to unlearn as much as we can and adopt new ways of thinking about our learning when we go online. Close quote. This fires up an entire discussion on the learning of the five generations engaged in learning today. The silent generation, or those born between 1930 and 1945, baby boomers like my dad, born between 1946 and 1964, me and other Generation Xers, born between 1965 and 1980, Generation Y, or those brought into this world between 1981 and 1999, which would describe my two oldest children, and Generation Z, those born in the year 2000 to date, which my three youngest children would fall. I've seen firsthand my kids' consumption of knowledge and the techniques needed to help them stay with the pace of others of their generation in these times. They have plenty of technology. Heck, I saw a computer for the first time in 1981. My mom bought me a Commodore VIC-20. The tech was similar to the ones I had in class at Woodrow Wilson Elementary School in San Leandro, California. I was in the fifth grade. My mom wanted to be sure I and my two brothers didn't get behind the times. While those two bored easily, I spent many hours trying to replicate the programs we did in class. Call it homework, if you will. I did play the games on it regularly, like Pac-Man and Asteroids. I was always trying to hack something. I had no clue of the machine language or coding. Tapping the keys, I thought, would get me closer to my favorite Star Wars characters in space. Today, MacBook Pros and smartphones lay around the rooms of all of my kids. That Star Wars movie is now being watched on an Apple TV in my living room. Pac-Man has been replaced by Call of Duty on Xbox. My kids do other things, thankfully, 
than spend all their time online. But when the push to online learning happened, they responded better than I thought. These Generation Z kids were able to traverse the Google classrooms even better than some of their teachers. My kids are very fortunate to have good internet, meaning the research for their projects were easier for them than some of their classmates relegated to slower speeds via a MiFi device. But when they were done with school, it was right to YouTube or Netflix to de-stress from the online day of classes. Discovery seems to be more immediate, with lasting effects for my kids and many their age. I jump onto the web and need to step away and take a walk in my yard to get away from all the information that the information superhighway is presenting itself today. Scanning and reading seems to be techniques my kids and college students seem to be at odds with each and every day of every lesson and ahead of those teaching sessions. Just as Draves noted on this matter, the scan technique is key to learning online today. Every person is different for sure. How school-age kids and college students learn today is a stark contrast to how I and my wife and my parents learned when we were in school. Learners today do have good etiquette online, the netiquette, if you will. The learning is coming across at least two of the five senses at the very minimum. What is online today, though, is still something that has to be monitored and regulated by each individual person. That is how you got to my podcast. That is how you get the latest scores from the sports arena. That is how you were able to experience the latest tunes on the Billboard Top 100. But face-to-face learning is still there and ready to get back to some kind of normal in these extraordinary times. There has got to be some balance between online and in-person learning at some point for it all to be successful for teachers and students alike. I've learned in recent years that the online environment should not be viewed as this isolationist type of behavior of young people. In fact, we should embrace how it helps them grow as a person in this year, 2021. It certainly helps when these settings bring collaboration. Learning from other learners is key to growth in today's world. We should all agree that there are generational differences in learning. Understanding the generational learning characteristics of the generations is key to instructors like me and a parent like me coming from another generation should make us more sensitive to their learning needs. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. Researching this topic of online learning for the podcast brought me across some interesting perspectives on the issue of online teaching and the recent impacts on education in these coronavirus times. Professor of Computer Science and Pathology at Stanford University, Daphne Kohler, recently wrote in the digital knowledge base, The Campus, quote, the pandemic has created an imperative to pause 
normal and hence an opening to reevaluate it. In the case of teaching and learning, it is now abundantly clear that normal is far from optimal. We can seize the opportunity to build the classroom of the future, one that offers a learning experience that is considerably more accessible and engaging, and one that will make many more students more successful. Close quote. This past week, the Wall Street Journal reported that, quote, American colleges and universities recorded their largest drop in cash inflows in decades this past academic year, thanks to a big drop in enrollment and a lack of room and board revenue from the students who did enroll but took their courses online. Close quote. An article on Inside Higher Ed, published on June 21st, 2021, reported on a May 2021 survey by the publication and College Pulse of 2,000 college students from 108 institutions that nearly half of students, or 47%, would rate the value of their education this year as fair or poor. More than half, or 52%, say they learned less this year compared to pre-COVID years. About 23% of freshmen reported having felt very unprepared for college, an additional 35% felt somewhat prepared. Regarding cheating, 47% said it is at least somewhat common in online courses, and only one in five students recalls receiving nudging reminders from their college about both course activity and college business deadlines. The numbers are enough to make educators, parents, and employers concerned. Bottom line. There is so much information on this topic that we can expect academics to write about the impacts for years and years to come. It should give us pause, though. Also, it should give us a moment to think just how dynamic these times we are in and the learning of this and the next generation. The World Economic Forum reported at the start of June that due to the nature of the immersive online learning experience, we're able to assess not just hard skills, but also soft skills developed and demonstrated when collaborating with classmates in a realistic, business-like environment. The forum said that globally, our students are learning how to thrive as members of globally distributed teams with a diversity of backgrounds, experience, and skill levels. The WEF noted, quote, The skills needed in the job market continue to change rapidly as technology disrupts all industries. The practical business reality has finally revealed some perceptions of online learning to be antiquated and unsustainable. Supply and demand in labor markets are coming into closer alignment. Employers are shifting to skills-based evaluation criteria because traditional methods have not always sufficed, and workers are investing in lifelong learning and upskilling because their careers very clearly depend on it. Close quote. Dynamic times and learning online really is here to stay. Growth and understanding will be the products of it for years to come, pandemic or not. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. 
Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatato. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatato. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. 